Welcome to Spiritual Changemakers, the podcast that guides you through tough times with practical tools and inspiring stories. I'm Andrea Thomas, your host and the Sacred Transitions Coach. Join us as we hear from spiritual changemakers who have connected with their higher power and overcame adversity. Whether you are navigating a difficult transition or seeking to deepen your spiritual practice, our podcast provides guidance to help you find magic in the change. Come on this journey of self-discovery, empowerment, and transformation with us and unlock your potential to become your best self. Welcome, everyone. We are on a new episode with Alex here from Bali, from Ubud, and I'm so excited to introduce Alex and his new earth co-creator. And I've been following Alex for a couple of years now. He's been in my field, I would say, for the last probably four years or so. And I finally got to meet him in person at a party and I was inspired by his journey. So I said, why not? Let's do a podcast episode together because he has a very inspiring story and I'm excited for him to share it with you and for us to have a beautiful conversation to actually show you of what's possible for you on how to show up on social media, how to show up online with integrity. And that's going to be the main subject that we are going to talk about. And Alex, would you like to introduce yourself and say a few words about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm Alex and I live in Bali. It's been about four years. I'm from France, originally moved to Australia. I was growing startups. I was a fan of uh, Tim Ferriss and the four work weeks. So we're interested in efficiency and living more the digital nomad lifestyle. That was about five years ago. I got also a spiritual awakening that got me more on getting interested in creating that new, more conscious us. And led me to still be interested in some of the learnings of the startup world and entrepreneurial world, but dedicate myself more to my own personal and spiritual development and to creating societies that are more in harmony with nature, with each other as humans and with spirit overall. Thank you for sharing. And I love now to ask my, my guests, what does spirituality means to you? Okay. Yeah. To start with, to me, it would feel feeling a connection to something beyond the physical. So I grew up in France in a pretty atheist con context. Like people wouldn't necessarily, my parents wouldn't necessarily like believe in God. And, you know, you're a bit here randomly on this planet doing things and, and then you die and that's it. And for me, it's been the realization that um, I am consciousness. And I came here in this specific incarnation on earth, you know, certain, with a certain body-mind complex that has a role and a time and space to evolve, but that ultimately I'm, I'm beyond that consciousness. Beautiful research yeah. and thanks for sharing. And I know when I started following your journey, you're pretty much transitioning of being so much on, on social media, online to creating a telegram group, then you started your podcast. So I really have seen your, your evolution from just being out there. And then you were really mentioning on how you are not able to speak your whole truth on social media, how you were censored mm. around what you were sharing or not. Would you like to touch a little bit more on that? What really made you create that shift of not being as much on social media and really creating something that works 
for you. Yeah. Yeah, well, going back to spirituality and, and finding a purpose, I found that to me, my purpose in this incarnation is to help the ascension of the planet and to mm-hmm. help create the new earth. So in that regards, it is in a way very grounded in that physical realm, in the way that here we're on a plane where at least at the moment we interact with certain technologies, with certain platforms for social media, for example. And I'm personally not against them. Mm-hmm. I use a phone, I use social media. And I think those tools, are, as a tool, they're, they have a neutrality. But when people say Instagram is just a tool, it's neutral. Well, it's not because mm-hmm. it's been designed in a way that would incentivize you to behave in certain ways. And so I felt not in alignment and in integrity with some of the practices of these platforms. First, for high plays on your brain in getting you addicted in many ways. There's a good documentary called The Social Dilemma on that. Yes, I've watched that one. And the other way is, especially like I, I found that out, especially during the pandemic, mm-hmm. was that, yeah, there was a lot of censorship. So from that moment, those platforms went super line. And at first, I was a little bit like, okay, well, I don't want to use them. But it's not that easy. You know, I live in Bali. If I want to order something, we use WhatsApp, which is a Facebook company. And also there's a trade-off between, uh, okay, am I going to use something that doesn't feel fully in integrity to pass a message on to people that maybe is going to help that, ascen- like that ascension process. Okay. My purpose. So it's been, to me, it's been a mix. That's why I don't use Instagram as much. Mm-hmm. And if I felt in integrity, I would spend more energy with it. And, but I still use it because I want to be flexible and I don't want to be too dogmatic. Okay. So how, how do you even define what is integrity with you? Like when you're like, okay, I don't use it as much, but I still use it a little bit. How would you define yeah. what it's integrity? How do you feel it? Do you have your values that you allow yourself mm. to be guided by? How, how do you go about it? Yeah, I would almost separate it into two categories, which is one is as a consumer and one is as an influencer. Okay. All right. So as a consumer, there is some content. I usually prefer YouTube and to me, YouTube has the same in the way that it's, it's Google. I've been censored there, but it's more familiar to, it's more long format. Okay. So it works a little bit better for me. Well, Instagram is a little bit too catchy, but let's take YouTube. They also developed shorts and there's a lot of clickbaity things and, and they work on me too. And because <laughs> I'm a human and those clickbait things have been very well designed. <laughs> So if you take YouTube to me, it's like as a consumer, I can see the part of me that finds YouTube so amazing. And I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. I've learned so much from videos on YouTube. It's amazing. I was so lucky. You know? And at the same time, I can notice when I'm going there to numb myself and to waste time. And I, so, you know, that's my awareness. And as a, let's say, influencer or producer of content, as a creator, to me, with YouTube, again, I'm grateful we can pass on a message, but the moment there is a platform that, re- that is decentralized and that is more prioritizing people's well-being, and so where I feel it's like, so you ask me what is in integrity in that way would be 
not encouraging addictions, which for example, in Instagram is the opposite of. And also freedom of speech, which probably some limitations on certain topics, but that would be decided by decentralized authorities and in general, decentralization of both the power on the platform. So making the, the decision making and also on some of the value. So in the platform of uh, the new earth, the creator get most of the money, not the, not the platform. Yes. And the creators, along with the users, decide in a decentralized way, the direction of that platform. Okay. And you also said you, so you explained it from the consumer point and then just from the content creator. So why would you encourage people? Because there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there that also are addicted to social media and are addicted to get Mm -hmm. validation from social media on, on their work. So what would you tell them, what you advise them on breaking that pattern? Yeah, it's both internal and external to me. That's been my journey on doing it. I mean, there is in the observation of that pattern and information that ultimately we all have the power to switch, which is to observe my impatient to get the likes, my impatient to get any kind of recognition and mm-hmm. simply observing that and taking it as information I can work with for my development. Yeah. So that's on one side is that extra information is a blessing. On the other side, having too much information is also overwhelming. So it's also having the discernment sometimes to understand that maybe we don't have in that moment the strength to observe and not be swayed by some patterns that we may have. So in that case, for example, at the moment, I don't have the Instagram app. I don't have the Instagram app on my phone because I know they hook me. Stop. Yeah. So it's showing me for me by weeks, by week spot is surfing and it's like an amazing wave. I'm like, okay, I'm hooked. I got it. And I had no intention to start watching certain videos. Mm-hmm. So I delayed it because there is something for me to work on my attention, but it's just, yeah, I think it's good to safeguard your environment also. Okay. So that was one way that you helped yourself, like deleting the app, bringing the awareness when you yeah. go into those apps, where, where are you and how much time you are spending now on those apps. And I don't actually, actually, that's interesting because that's some work I've done about five years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's become really automatic in my life. And there's no. a lot of things that I don't even think about anymore, but I get no notification. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to bring and up. My phone is almost always in plain mode. And uh, five years ago, I read there was an article. It's probably still there on the internet called how to make your iPhone work for you, not against you. Okay. It was like about 50 parameters you could change and. Now some of them have been integrated in the in the phones, such as uh, how how long you spend on the app, mm-hmm. being tracking time on the app, removing notifications. Like, there's a, mm-hmm. a bunch of tools that can help. And actually, yeah, I've implemented that a while ago, and I'm still working progress in it. But I think there's a lot of things I, I don't even think of because they're so part of my life. Because now they are automatic, and yes. the notification to turn off the notifications to your apps. It's been life-changing for me. There are very few apps that I still have the notifications on, but the majority of them, I have them off and that really helped on not feeling like I'm on alert all day. Because that's what's happening. Now, when we 
have all those notifications on on our apps, it's like constantly feeling that, oh my God, I need to go and respond. Like everything, it's life and death right now. So that's really... I've I've removed even the, the, in, in WhatsApp, you can say, Oh, I don't want people to see if I've read the message because all, all of this has been studied. And basically, if, if, you, if, I, if you see that I've read your message, you expect an answer and then yeah. I feel like I have to answer. So, yeah. So it's I, what I hear you saying with that, it's really removing the pressure of acting automatically, like acting on responding to being an alert all the time. And I think that affects so much our nervous system by being on alert. And that's what creates our mind so busy and constantly on the go. And I know I'm still such a work in progress on like being still present and not having my mind running me all the time. So what are there any other things that you could tell people that they can do regarding their phone since we are on the on the phone phase. What are some other tips that you have applied from that article that really helped? Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly the specificities and they might be different now, mm-hmm. but there's probably like, I think people can just research it and dive into it. We gave a few, a few uh, on, the, on the phone in particular. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, you talked about training your mind. So I meditate every day. Yes. Yeah. And tell me a little bit, what got you into this like new art concept? Yeah. What is your passion and your drive behind it? Yeah. Well, my drive behind it is about looking around and seeing the beauty of life and how grateful I am to be here now. And at the same time, how much we could do better. Yeah. There is always room for better. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, you know, I look at how we treat nature and how we treat animals and how we treat each other as human beings and how we treat also how we feel disconnected from spirit and yeah there's a there's a lot we could do there so i again i live in that kind of paradox of the perfection of this human existence Mm -hmm. at the moment and and i i came here to make it better (laughs) i mean why not you know to me it's like uh, i i believe like we, we, we co-create our purpose in a way mm. we, we feel, we look around and we're like, okay, that purpose is given to me, but it's a co-creation, it's like a dance and we can also initiate some moves. And for me, I look around and like, okay, that feels like a noble, nice thing to do. And it, it feels like it truly comes from your heart. And when we are thinking about new art, it can be, as you said, like, being more careful with nature, taking care of nature, with the electricity, with the food, with the way we are eating, then what is it that we are putting from our environment? Like, what are those like really passionate things that you want to bring out yeah. into the world? Yeah, a, a few. I mean, definitely taking care of our environment better. So, for example, I live here in Bali and I'm very blessed. Such a beautiful life to be in Bali. The locals are amazing. The nature is beautiful. And you can go and in a beautiful waterfall, but often what you may see if you mm-hmm. go on a track to a beautiful waterfall is besides the beauty of the jungle, there'd be a lot of plastic. Mm-hmm. So that saddens me a bit when I see that. And I know we can do something about it. I'm also, I've been mainly vegan for the past five years and 
got more and more to that that past Rovigan in the past two years. And part of it is for my health because I, I want to thrive and I believe that a way to thrive for me. But it's been mainly ethical. Like the system of torture of animal or factory farming is not something I see as part of the new earth. Yeah. Yes. So the environment, the food. Yeah. Let's say the way we talk to each other and the way we communicate together in the old part. Because there is the creation of the new earth, which is the future even concepts mm-hmm. also right now, right? And I also live in it already. And so in the old, old paradigm, there is something called war, for example. Yeah. I don't watch much the news, but I still know that I think it's still going on that according to the news, a war between Russia and Ukraine, mm-hmm. so, you know, people are killing each other for things called nations, which are human concept of arbitrary boundaries. And it feels more and more foreign to me, but... It's apparently a part of my experience of life. So yeah, that's definitely something where I think we could do better, trying not to kill each other as human and to overall communicate in a better way. So you you mentioned three things, uh, the environment and how to take more care of nature, because even in this beautiful, gorgeous place that we are doing this podcast interview right now, there is still a lot of trash and traffic and plastic around and I know even uh, I was talking with Joanna one of our friends and she was mentioning how the beaches they are so full of of plastic and that's such a shame so in that regard how can we bring more awareness for us to stop the spread of the plastic and I know there is a lot of education but if if you could tell people one one thing that they can start to do right now for this new earth for us to protect the nature that gives us life yeah, it is. To me, it's, again, a, a process that could come from the outside so we can get education and it's very good too. And and even in Bali, you know, supermarkets don't give single-use plastics. Mm-hmm. So there are things going in the right direction and there are people more on the ground that do beautiful initiatives. So, yes. So that's one thing. So there's, there's more general initiatives. There's what people can do on an everyday basis that takes education. And to me, there is also... a a feeling of connection that mm-hmm. solves most things is rather than coming from a moral perspective of, oh, we should not torture animals. Oh, we should not do wars. It's bad. Oh, we should not throw plastic. It's, it's wrong. It is to expand our feeling of connectedness and oneness and understand that we are being ourselves and then really having a genuine desire to and to nurture back the nature that's nurturing us so much all the time. So, I mean, that being said, it depends because in some environments, people might not be aware of, I mean, it's going to be easier for me to take the animal example. Most people who would eat factory farm produce animal, they didn't go in the slaughterhouse. They didn't, they have no clue. They just buy it from the supermarket, right? Especially in Western countries. So yeah, it's it's a mix of wanting to and knowing. Yes, and I, this takes me back to, I think, the choice of stop being ignorant. Because right now, we have the information at our fingertips. I think the majority of people, if they want to, very easily can go on the internet, look on YouTube, on Google, whatever your, your favorite platform is, and see 
how is this food produced? And the, especially as you said, in, in U.S., and I lived there for nine years, the food is terrible. And the way they treat animals and then thinking that you put that in your body, you are taking on all, all the stress that that animal under, underwent through all the hormones and everything. So it's really a part of like choosing not to be ignorant anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then things to do, there's definitely so many things we can do on a, on a personal level, you know, in our lifestyle, being aligned and leading by example. And on the other hand, a lot of the problems, they come from like the bigger parts of society where societies are designed. And that's why a lot of my energy is also focused on creating those new better systems because it can be sometimes discouraging. Oh, I won't take my car. And then, I don't know, you paying tax and those tax go to subsidies to oil and gas or for, or, or I don't know, pharmaceutical industry or creating what weapons and all that. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, it's a mix of, yeah, as a, as a good citizen, you do, you do what you need to, but also in some systems that are already built in ways that aren't supportive of the regeneration of our planet, of conscious interactions between humans. Well, if the system has been like that, it's not very easy to change at a bigger level. So I mm -hmm. think that's, that's important to do both. Okay. So to work at this micro level, what can I do today? Yeah. yeah, with where I'm at, with what I know, with what I choose to learn. And then what is it that we can implement into a, this bigger level? And I think a lot of people actually feel, and I know I feel a lot of times that, oh, it's it's not very reachable, these this big companies, these big systems. And how can we get this normal humans to to actually create an impact on on the bigger scale on the bigger level yeah so you have like the activist and more political way of getting to those levels and being able to be influential the way that resonates the most with me is to not try to change the old but to create the new makes mm -hmm. the old obsolete and so i spend a lot of time with people who are very like-minded and like-hearted and we create decentralized conscious organizations that in the current context of today are pretty small and not as powerful in terms of resources moment. Mm -hmm. But with the global awakening of our planet, we have more and more people who align with that and join forces. And so, yeah, we wish to be, build a more beautiful world in local path and all connected like an archipelago of conscious societies, mm -hmm. but I'm confident that if we succeed to make them harmonious, beautiful and attractive, well, it's going to be more and more mm -hmm. of them. It's maybe the whole. Yes. And can you give some examples for some about these companies, like the decentralized companies? What are some of these projects that you have been involved in and that you said within the community you are creating so people have a better idea what that even means and how, yeah. how it looks like? Yes, it's still very pioneering, so it's hard to give a lot of examples, but one I can give is from the crypto world. There are a lot of cryptocurrencies that, I mean, Bitcoin is the best example. It's a money that there's not one government that can change the rules or send the money to their friend if they want to and produce new money. 
So that's an example of a project that is quite decentralized and that has been working really well. It's worth more than a, a trillion dollars now in market capitalization. I think it's going to keep increasing. Then you have some companies that are more traditional companies that change their management style to, instead of having a top-down hierarchy, the people working in the units, they have way more freedom of deciding what they want to do and way more trust. That's called teal organizations. And there's a really good book on it called Reinventing Organizations by Frederick mm-hmm. Lee. So then when you combine different things like this, you could so have a society that has decentralized ways to move forward mm-hmm. and, organize, and also their own currency that is not one centralized part in the other does what they want with it. And then you create the kind of societies where people opt in. So instead of being born in a country and you have to do that, you have to pay your tax, you have to whatever, and you don't have a say where it goes, you opt in to a society where you say, okay, well, that looks like a society I want to be part of, and I'm going to be happy to, if there is tax, if you want to contribute to it, mm-hmm. because I know it's going to the regeneration of our forests, and I want to participate in that. So it's, it's, at least you know that the taxes and the money you are paying, it, it goes for the, a bigger reason, for a bigger purpose, or the, the nature, and probably for the, the human itself, no? You would find within that society, my hope is like a better education yeah. where we actually get to learn It's cool about emotional intelligence, about conflict resolution, about these super important skills that we never get to learn in school. And then we get to be 20 something, 30 years, and we don't know how to have a difficult conversation with, with people around us. And I know for myself, I avoid them for such a long time because I just don't want to be in conflict. But then it's all about how do you have the conversation? So it's also the participation on how can we raise better, more conscious humans now since they're starting to go to school. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of new different types of schools now that address that. And uh, I think they're thriving pretty well, like Montessori is uh, quite a famous one. Yes. I've heard about that one. Or people who do homeschool, homeschooling and either, either these different ways, either teach different things mm-hmm. to the children or even no uh, people who have children and their type of education is to let them be interested. So it's really mm-hmm. a child that means and they want to play video game, they can play video game. But then if they want to learn about meditation, they learn about meditation. Mm-hmm. But it comes from them also. So there's a lot of different new types of education. And um, yeah, of course, that's, that's very needed too. Give them the freedom to their children. And taking it back to social media mm-hmm. and showing up with with integrity, which we, we defined a little bit what that means, how can we also show people that the freedom they actually have within what they choose to use, even especially for entrepreneurs? Because I know I've seen with so many entrepreneurs this need of having to be on all the platforms all the time, and it feels so misaligned to to show up on social media, but they push themselves to do it no matter what. So especially for entrepreneurs that they are like, I know social media is an important tool, an important factor 
in order to have a wider reach to spread my voice, but how can they use it for their advantage and not being used by social media? Are you talking more from a creator point? Yes, from a creator point of view. Well, to me, it depends really on the individual's motivation on how they want Mm -hmm. to make an impact. Some of us are drawn to make an impact by, so for example, when we create communities and societies here, some, some's goal is they can make a lot of money in the old paradigm system and drive it into the new paradigm. Yes. Some and I'm, I'm interested to speak more to those entrepreneurs that are more impact purpose, because that's the audience that I'm yeah. attracting. Yeah. And I'm interested to speak more to those that are purpose yeah. impact driven. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean, for some of them, their role will be to be on social media. But for some of them, their role will not be to be on social media. So, for example, you have a podcast. I have a podcast. So we've chosen that at least part of impact is through using social media and getting a presence. And it's a tricky one. I think some some people maybe don't have to because they're, I don't know if you're great at designing permaculture gardens. Yeah, sure, you could have yours, but maybe you could. Have someone else do your social media or present your work. And yeah, or, or same with the podcast. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing to have a podcast, but it doesn't have to be everyone's. So yeah, right. it's, it's, for me, it's been great for meeting new people, to getting to speaking more in public mm-hmm. in general. And yeah, also to learn a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I would say for me, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not necessarily pushing everyone to use social media. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's, it's up to everyone to feel what they, yeah, what they are and how it serves them. That's something I'm reflecting a lot and on. Also, how much time and energy I want to put into. Even I have my podcast, but lately I've mainly just recorded my long episodes, put them on YouTube, and I've done less social media. Okay, so it's really finding what's aligned with you. And for me, when you're saying it's is their choice if they're going to be on social media or not. It, my thought was going back to when the world shut down, you know, with COVID and a lot of businesses were, if they wanted to stay in business, were forced to come into the all night space. So then for those businesses that have no idea how to utilize, they never utilize social media to come full force and build their business online. It's been like a huge shift and step for them to do. And when they do that, I know I have learned so many different marketing strategies on online that I, I'm I'm a reflector three five for those that know human that's design. A, that's rare. That's it's a yes, it's very rare. And for me I have to experiment. I have to mm. practice. I have to go and do it in order to learn. And this is part of where I'm teaching people from from my own failures <laughs> and experiences. But I know there are a lot of different social media marketing strategies. So what I would say is really for people to look, okay, if you choose to use social media to spread your your mission, to have a wider impact, because you can definitely have a much wider impact if you choose to use social media than if you don't, it's really to ask yourself which, which of these different million 
marketing strategies feels aligned because it can be podcasts, what we are doing. It can be just showing up on one platform, on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Depends on what your business is about, but really tuning in with yourself and ask what, what does it feel exciting? Because it's very important to feel excited about. If not, you're just going to push and people are going to feel that energy. Yeah. One of one of my spiritual teachers called Bashan is actually, he's like, advice is always to follow, he calls it the formula, is to follow your excitement mm. to the best of your abilities without attachments to the outside. Yes. Makes oh. life simple. So much more simple. And how do we get rid of that uh, attachment to the outcome? <laughs> because I, I would say that's a condition now that we we have put on ourselves from the society, from how we grow up that, okay, you have, you did this, then you need to get this result. Like it comes since we've been in school. Now we've been mm. graded. We've been ingrained that I'm doing an action and then I'm going to be rewarded by getting this grade, by getting this result. So how, how do people get to this place where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take this amazing, exciting, aligned action right now and release whatever the outcome is going to be. Because a lot of times the outcome can also be way much better than what we anticipated, but it can also take it to surprise or take. Yeah. If you fully trust, you would say that it always is. That always is. You said sometimes it's better than we anticipated. Yes. If you're fully in trust, it always is. Like the outcome's always. The it best. always the best because you release the um, on how it should look like and trust that no matter what that result is, it's for your highest good. No matter how it looks like. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we we got it, guys. <laughs> Of course, as you said that, you know, I'm, <laughs> okay. also, I'm also disappointed sometimes. <laughs> my human mind is, is mm-hmm. like, oh, I was meant to, I don't know, date that woman, receive that paycheck, whatever. You know, <laughs> I also have like sometimes a preferred outcome and it felt easy, but I live in the trust that it's always for the better. And I love that. So, and when you are faced with that disappointment, when life happens, and because we live in this 3D world and you're faced with that disappointment, what do you do in that moment? You're like, oh, like this bad girl didn't come on a date with me, or <laughs> I didn't make that much money as I expected this month. How, how do you deal with that disappointment? Well, I mean, it depends on the emotions that are there. Sometimes I'm at a place where I see that the thing I expected, yeah, didn't happen probably for a reason. Totally fine. So I get better. I'm just mm-hmm. fine. Interesting. And if at some moments I do feel some kind of frustration or sadness, mm-hmm. well, then I, it depends. Sometimes I've, if I were to divide, divide in two categories, one would be observation. So sometimes I sit in meditation and observe okay. it. Okay. So if I'm angry or let's say I'm frustrated, okay. I'll see through it. The other one is to use it in a conscious way. So, for example, if I'm frustrated, I could also go to the gym and like, or to a punching bag. And you're really pushing to a new mood. Yeah, there's techniques where you like really go like punch a pillow really hard, <laughs> swear and all that. Yeah. Okay, so you would say mainly your your two approaches so far have been either to sit with it, sit with your feelings, acknowledge them, feel them. 
And the other one, based on what you feel that you need, it's to express it. And that can yes. look in many different ways. So go to the gym yes. or punch a pillow. Like, yes, not so what. Like, for example, I try, like, I like going to the gym. I want to develop mm -hmm. my body, you know. So at some point, I'm, I'm really actual anger. I'd be like, oh, well, well, that's a good opportunity. Like, right now, I have a lot of energy, but I was... I've been postponing going to the gym a couple of days. Might, mm. might as well go now. You know, it feels good. And it's like a goal I set for myself. Or yeah, I've had the same with like sadness can be linked to creativity. Sometimes mm. For me to learn and play more music. At the same time, I try to watch myself that will manifest into existence the experiences, which has sadness of anger to motivate me to do those things I want to do. So I also make sure to create from a place of happiness and to go to the gym from a place of peace. <laughs> yeah, like don't link them with, okay, I have to be angry in order for me to go to the gym. Yeah, so it's yeah, very yeah. important not to link the two to create that neuropathy in your brain. Yeah, be careful what you tell yes. yes, because it's so easy to go in the destructive mm -hmm. ways as well mm -hmm. and create healthy habits from an unhealthy yeah. one. So, oh, it's always constant learning, a constant discovery. But I, what I hear a lot of you saying, it's really the, the trust and the trust that no matter what is the outcome, that it's happening for me. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's the main message that I have also encompassed a lot in my life, even during the most challenging times. Mm -hmm. It's constantly thinking, this is happening for me. This is happen happening for a bigger reason. There is a bigger purpose behind it. And when we are able to operate from that place, I think you just go through those hardships with so much more grace and ease than if you resist it. And then if you are mad and upset on why things are not how you think they should be. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Do you have any other words, thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience? Mm -hmm that would help them show up with integrity online or even in their, their real world, you know, and create this new earth, new mm. paradigm yeah. from, from a place of not that I have to, but I choose to because I choose to be and feel connected with everything and everyone around me. And yeah, I feel from this concept. Well, I would say it's good to have the practices that make you feel connected. Be it yoga, meditation, qigong, there's, there's a lot of different practices that can make us expand our consciousness from being in that body-mind complex, mm -hmm. encompassing way more of that. And for me, from that place of being much more it becomes much easier to be on purpose and to yeah, to be on that mission to create the new us because then all of a sudden I don't need to survive. I'm an eternal being that right now is in this body-mind complex for a specific mission. So of course, also totally honor the, the emotional side and I think it's very important to honor the, the fullness of our humanity. But at the same time, yeah, recognize how powerful and big we are and that there's yeah nothing to fear that we can fully trust and from that place of connectedness 
we can really align and, and do what's right, not from a feeling of have-tos or morality or someone's going to punish you, but just because we love and want. Yeah, it's because we love ourselves. We love the world around us, the world that we chose to, to be in. And how can we respect it? Like, And I think it starts... It always starts with us, no? By loving and respecting ourselves, then we are able to give to others and to the world from so much full mm. place, full heart. So, yeah, I'm a big believer in empty, um, getting our own cups full. Yeah. Yes. And the way you do that, as Alex shared, just find what works for you. Like for me, I know I change my practices a lot. Because I do get bored very easily and then something becomes so automatic and it doesn't have the same effect on me. But it's really important to find what works. Maybe try Alin Yoga. Alin Yoga. A lot of different mudras, mantra, very dynamic. It's like it keeps the mind super busy. Yeah. So if you get bored, like <laughs> try Alin Yoga. Oh, you dive into it and you're like, you know what? I'm going to face Bordeaux when you do me passing. Yes, yes, and that's definitely on my list. But there are many different tools out there. I know I have been exploring a lot with Kirtan mm. lately, and it's been so beautiful, like opened my heart so much and feeling everything. And oh, it's, uh, it's very, very beautiful. But there are like Kirtan, meditation, yoga. It's like tons of different tools that you can use to connect with yourself and with the world. So you can come from that place of not being as attached to the outcome, not being so attached to a specific roadmap, I would say, and really go in that place where you experience how magical life is. Because when we release that attachment to, to the outcome and or how we should get to a certain place, I feel like that's when we are able to fully experience the magic of life. Yeah, and I love your enthusiasm. It's very <laughs> important. You know, we came here to play. Like we came, we came here to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Some purpose here to make things better, but also to have fun in the process. Exactly. And that's something I've been bringing my inner child more and more out because in my childhood, I didn't have a lot of space to play. So I feel like now she's coming more and more out to just express herself and play. And it's beautiful. And it's been such an honor to have you here. Thank you for saying yes. In uh, like last minute, we literally met on Saturday and Saturday night. I'm like, let's do a podcast interview. And here we are Monday at noon. So I really appreciate you saying yes to this, saying yes to, to our audiences. And thank you for for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And well, of course, I'd love to invite the, the people who listen to, well, first, thank you so much for your attention and giving your precious time. Like, could have been doing anything yeah. else, but you chose to listen to this till the end. Yeah. Beautiful. And I also have a podcast. It's called The Light Leaders Podcast. So you can search on YouTube, The Light Leaders. It's in one word. And there's also a lot of other projects of building new, conscious, sovereign, connected society, decentralized. And that's a work in progress. It takes time to build a whole new society. Mm -hmm. But I 
keep people posted. So in the, um, if you look for the podcast, there is also a Telegram group, t.me slash the life leaders, where we have a, a bit of a community building there too. I'd love you to join us. Yes, and I'm already part of it. I've been part of it for a while. So yeah, make sure you, you follow Alex, you subscribe to his podcast, follow him on Instagram, even though he's not so much there, but he's still showing up. And don't forget to follow, subscribe, and leave us a comment. With what are your biggest takeaways from, from this episode? What were your aha moments? What is it that you're going to take on and apply within your internal and external world? Thanks for tuning in to Spiritual Changemakers Podcast. To stay connected and help us reach more people like you, please subscribe, follow, and leave a comment. Join our community of spiritual changemakers on social media to connect with like-minded individuals and continue the conversation. Remember, the power to create positive change is within you. Keep showing up as your best self and let's keep the magic of change alive. Until next time.